Welcome to the Enchanted Ears podcast, where we discuss anything and everything Disney. I'm Angela. And I'm Joe. And on today's episode, we're taking a look back at one of the parks that was never built with Disney, Westcott, the Epcot out in Disneyland. So we're going to talk about that today. You mean the Epcot in the West? Exactly. (laughs) Very, very on the nose name there. Exactly. So, but before we get into that, let's cover the Disney news of the week. So... For fans of the Disney Dining Plan, uh, the Dining Plan is back out now, and Disney announced that they're going to be offering free Disney Dining Plans for Disney Plus subscribers. So this is a benefit if you're a Disney Plus subscriber. And I believe in order to get it when you book, you have to be signed in with the same email that you have your Disney Plus um, account on. But the catch is you have to buy a four-day, four-night, non-discounted vacation package which includes hotel and park hopper tickets. So this is like kind of where the math comes in of, is it worth it to get free dining to not get any room discounts, not get any park discounts? Because you're basically paying rack rates for the rooms in order to be able to get free dining. And as we've talked about before, the dining plan doesn't always add up mathematically like you got to eat a lot of food in order to make it work i think the the conclusion of of that was basically that you needed to get the most expensive food from your offerings and make sure you get every single meal in order and all your snacks in order to make it worthwhile right not only the most expensive like you have to find the most expensive restaurant the most expensive snacks like it is it's hard to make it work Now, I will say, if you're already planning to go, and you're already planning to go for four days, and go on a trip and get park hopper tickets and all that sort of stuff, it's a nice incentive to say, hey, I'm a Disney Plus subscriber, I'm going to get free dining plan. But I don't know that this is like worth it if you weren't going to go just to make a special trip, again, that you get, you don't get any of the promotional discounts. Because I think some of the rooms, like, they offer 20, 30% off sometimes that you may save more money that way versus the free dining plan. It's also, it's for most nights, July 1st through September 30th. So it's not the whole year, but it's for a few months of the year. And it's those summer months, which last year, there was a lot of like reports on how empty it was. Yeah, I was going to say, wasn't it pretty dead last summer? I think that's why they're doing this incentive now to try to get people who like those free dining plan incentives to kind of come during that time of year. Well, I think they're trying to probably entice people with families, people whose kids are off for school to come down. Um, but again, I think a lot of those people are realizing that Florida during the summer yeah, it's hot down there. <laughs> is yeah. not yeah, really that's conducive to, to an enjoyable experience. Yeah, 100%. And then for the Epcot Festival of the Arts, that's going to be taking place January 12th through February 19th. We got a new figment popcorn bucket. And this is basically the imagination pavilion with figment inside of it. And if people waited six hours seven hours last year to get that figment popcorn bucket i kind of feel like people are going to be lined up this is gonna be like if you could camp out the night before i think you would because this this popcorn bucket looks awesome yeah well the thing that's really funny is i've looked i looked at photos before but i actually just had to look at this again because before i completely missed figment in it yeah he's kind of difficult to see he's inside and he's on top of the rainbow um, so it's very difficult to see him, which as a person who, who stands by her fact that figment needs a little redesigning, I think this is great because the last fig- figment popcorn bucket was just a character and he yeah, had his just like, figment. telltale, yeah. like yellow eyes and stuff like that. Um, so I think he, this one is a lot cooler looking 
Yeah, I love this popcorn bucket. Yeah, I, it's I think cool. it's great. I don't think there's any way it makes it until February 19th. Oh, no. I think if you're not there like January 12th, um, I think you're in trouble. Now, I will say last year, like they sold out the first day, but then there was like a second wave of them later. So hopefully they ordered more this time and kind of like that madness of people just going to Epcot just to buy the popcorn bucket is over. But it's a pretty, pretty awesome popcorn bucket. Um, and the last thing, because it's pretty big news, I think everybody's talked about this, is that Steamboat Willie officially entered the public domain January 1st. And Disney's kind of history with copyright law is like an interesting history just on its <laughs> they, own. They find ways to circumvent it. Yeah, I mean, the the extension, I, you know, I think it's sometimes referred to like the Sonny Bono law because it, because, uh, it was involved uh, to extend the copyright like for his work, but it's also sometimes called like the Mickey Mouse extension because Disney worked to extend copyright law to protect Mickey Mouse. But um, Steamboat Willie is entering the public domain and there's already like a handful of horror movies and games getting developed around Steamboat Willie. Um, one of them is called Mickey's Mouse Trap, which I think is like a funny play on Mickey Mouse where that's a horror movie. Somebody's dressed up like steamboat willie who is like hunting people down there's also uh like i said a couple games but then there's also it's a nine minute nine or ten minutes out on youtube it's a like a silent film documentary it's called the vanishing of the ss willie and it is this silent documentary that is basically about the crew of the ss willie so it's steamboat willie but it's like they they use real animals so they have like a person's body and then like a real mouse on the head and like it's this kind of tongue-in-cheek thing um with steamboat willie but i think it's interesting how people are going to use mickey mouse and steamboat willie in works going forward and i almost think this may help disney like it, it it's Maybe. almost like it's, it's going to be like almost like no press is bad press type thing where, you know, I think a lot of people are getting tired of current Disney movies and the stuff that Disney's producing. But now that kind of like the Steamboat Willie story and character is out there and people can start using it in like very interesting ways, it may drum up interest in Steamboat Willie again of like, oh, did you see this interesting thing? I mean, the same way of like how many rom-coms and movies the Lion King are based on Shakespeare works and yeah. people go and see that movie and go, that was awesome. And you go, Oh, didn't you know that was just Hamlet or that was Macbeth or this or that, or that's Romeo and Juliet. And people go, Oh no, I didn't know that. And it drives interest back into Shakespeare's plays. Like it could be a similar thing where it's like, Oh, that was kind of an interesting story. It's like, Oh, it's based on steamboat Willie. Oh, let me go check that out. I didn't realize that. Yeah. I don't know. It's, this is hard for me. Cause I, one, I don't think somebody should be able to own something forever and ever. So I agree with that. But I just really hate the fact that people are making horror films with Mickey Mouse. Well, like I, it, yeah. That to me is such a perversion of it. And again, I, I'm just I'm not your audience. I'm not a horror film person. So, yeah, like that. I think the fact, too, is like they're so low budget. It's not like they're well done. I think it's going to take some time until like well done movies and games and works are done with. It. And I think once you start seeing that, that's when, when you get it. Yeah. Like, like what they did with poo blood and honey. Now, I mean, it made a ton of money relatively because it didn't cost them anything to make, but it's not like it was a well rated horror movie because again, I think it's the stuff they're rushing into place, I but I think long term, I think it's going to be, good 
because it's going to bring more awareness to Steamboat Willie, that a character that I mean, honestly, has not been. I mean, Disney's been using him more because they're trying to trademark protect him if needed. You know, it's a character that hasn't been around for ninety years. Well, yeah, that was. I mean, that was kind of a theme. Like that was sort of what was being said is that they were trying to maybe extend their copyright by reusing him, but he's again he is in the public domain. I think they're going to see a benefit of video games using them, a movies using them. It's just going to drive people back to the original character, and they still own all the merch. You know, like they still are going to, I think, benefit from it in the long run. So. I don't know. We'll we'll see. Before we jump into our main topic, I do want to mention for the start of the year, this is our first show for 2024. We are now putting all of these episodes on YouTube now. So if you're on YouTube, you already know that, obviously. Um, but if you're a longtime podcast listener, you just listen to in the audio form, and you would like to listen to us on YouTube or see us on YouTube, um, you can look for us, Enchanted Ears Podcast, over on YouTube and see all these on video. We're going to try to do every episode going forward on video we say try we may miss some <laughs> not not recording them but um we're gonna try to put them all up on on youtube going forward all right so let's jump into our main topic this week talking about westcott which was an unbuilt disney park over in disneyland the epcot of the west was the idea and we've talked a lot in the past about other unbuilt disney projects there was a ski resort there was like Disney's America that was going to be in Virginia. There was an indoor park in St. Louis. So we've done episodes on all of those. I feel like Westcott was the most ambitious of all of those. I mean, like, again, the one in St. Louis, it was indoors. You're not going to be able to build that big of a park indoor, you know, a ski resort. It, those were kind of like pared down Disney parks, whereas this was like a full fledged expansion at Disneyland. And this was announced in 1991. So again, this is a couple years into Michael Eisner's run as CEO. They had opened Hollywood Studios. And so I think he started to see, you know, there are three parks at Walt Disney World. They're starting to build out hotels. He's starting to see that people are going there for multiple days. They're now making it a long vacation for them. And there's money to be made in it. And over in Disneyland, it's one park. You go there for a day, it's locals. It's not like it's the vacation destination. And so the idea was, let's expand Disneyland. Let's make it a multi-park experience, something that you have to come to multiple days. Again, kind of drive people coming on vacation, drive crowds. And so the idea basically was just to make a West Coast Epcot. Um, And what I find interesting is how Disney does this. I mean, even in all their parks, like as they expand into other areas and locations and countries they just they always start with disneyland like they just build a disneyland even magic kingdom is essentially it's a disneyland Disneyland. yeah and it's like it's not like they come up with new ideas for parks like they basically let's go with disneyland everywhere and then like the second park is different and this idea was like well let's we have epcot was the second park in walt disney world let's just make epcot the second park in disneyland well i mean i feel like this sort of goes back to like their genesis of of both of building disney world and disneyland sort of i don't want to say simultaneously disneyland's older but um kind of the trade-off with different rides like we when we watched what's that documentary called i always forget Oh, behind the attraction. Yeah, when yeah. we watched Behind the Attraction, you know, they talk very much about they would have a ride over in Disneyland and people would go to Disney World and then be disappointed because it wasn't there or vice versa. Like whenever you're talking about, um, they learned that from like Space Mountain. They were like, oh yeah, Pirates of the Caribbean. Pirates like, of the Caribbean. Yeah, yep. I mean, that's that's a good point. I didn't think of that of like, 
there's that comparison there's an the expectation well, well an expectation so like whenever they did go to tokyo i mean tokyo basically was like we want disneyland yeah, because that's what everybody same, wanted yeah. we want pirates of the caribbean we want space mountain mm-hmm. we want all your popular stuff so yeah maybe that was kind of the thought of like well people like epcot so when they go to disneyland let's just give them an epcot over there yep um kind of same idea but Let's make it bigger. Let's make it grander. So the idea was that it would focus on a celebration of human achievement, and it was going to be focused namely on technological inter- innovation and international culture. They also planned to have a hotel within the park. And this is one of the things that we'll get to later where anytime Disney does something like this, there's always a legacy and there's always remnants of it that factor in later. And the ski resort, for instance, they designed Country Bears Jamboree. That was going to be the attraction at the ski resort. The ski resort did not go forward. They're like, that's a good ride, though. Let's build this somewhere. And this is kind of a similar thing where they plan to have a hotel in the park. And it was a good idea. It's just they never built this park. But then you see this later on where you have like in Tokyo Disney Sea, you have the Hotel Maricosta, which is above the entrance, looks into the park. Even in Disneyland paris which was built a few years after this was announced that hotel sits at the entrance of the park as well and kind of looks into the park so again like you kind of see how those ideas even though they didn't the whatever they initially were designed for was never built like no good idea ever dies at disney essentially yeah it gets shelved and then they reuse bits of it that they yeah find. They, yeah they go back and like oh that hotel yeah, idea important. was pretty cool let's let's do that somewhere else mm-hmm I think one of the most interesting things about this whole park is they wanted to basically have their own um, like spaceship Earth, except for theirs was called Space Station Earth. And again, uh, let's not deviate too far from the name Epcot. It's out west. We'll call it Westcott. <laughs> spaceship Earth is great. Can't be the exact same thing. Space Station Earth. And I, I feel like, no, on the ride, they do say on this spaceship Earth. Because yeah. I was going to say, I almost feel like they'd say Space Station on the ride. But yeah, it's it's so close in name. They designed a giant ball to go over there as well, except for theirs was gold. And it was well, 300 feet. I was going to say, I feel like you're underselling it, though, when you say it's gold. It It was a gold ball encompassed by a... Um, translucent ball like it was essentially it was like two spaceship earths in one. Oh, i didn't even pick up on that yeah, in like the, the uh concept the art. concept art of this is incredible and we'll we'll show it on youtube so if you're listening and, and you want to see the concept art head over to the the uh, the youtube video of this but but yeah you mentioned 300 feet is how tall it was which what's spaceship earth in epcot 180 feet so it's like it's like close to double yeah so it's it's and that thing is huge too so exactly. i don't i don't so it's know. another, you know, basically 12 stories. And and yeah, it was it was a gold ball with like another exterior translucent skin in it. Just absolutely phenomenal. This is the thing I'm kind of like sad about because that would have been incredible to see, to see them actually build that. What's interesting though is, you know, they, they almost kind of dreamed too big with this. And that was actually one of the issues with why the park didn't get built because of the size of how big this space station earth was going to be because again 300 feet i mean you got to figure spaceship earth is 180 feet so like you said it's almost double 
The castle at Disneyland is what? 80 feet? 90 feet? Yeah, I mean, it's I it's half of what the castle at Magic Kingdom is. So, you know, in, in Disney World, their park icons are quite large. So, you know, Spaceship Earth obviously still looks great, but it doesn't necessarily stand out. 77 feet 77 tall. feet. So it's, it's almost four times the size of the castle. This thing would have been the biggest thing in Anaheim, and it would have stuck out like a sore thumb, and that was the problem. Locals complained it's going to be too big, it's going to be too distracting, it's going to be too bright, and and that's where some of the problems started creeping in of just like this is too much, we can't put this here. See, I would have been a major advocate for this because it would have been like we were on Tatooine, like in the middle of the day, it would look like you have two suns. That'd be awesome. Yeah, it would have looked like that. Yeah, but it it was just <laughs> towering and it was too big, and so it was going to sit in the middle of the park. That portion of the park was going to be called Ventureport. Um, and then again, it was going to be very similar to Epcot where it had a future world and a world showcase. And the future world, again, it was basically copying all of the opening day attractions of Epcot. So they were going to have a Wonders of Life, Wonders of Earth, Wonders of Space, um, which are basically improved clones of all of the Epcot attractions like Horizons, World of Motion, Journey into Imagination, Universe of Energy, The Living Seas, Wonders of Life, The Land. You see, this is the part, though, where I think you should be very sad because if they made a copy of The Land Pavilion, what would they do if they approved on that? Well, yeah, that's what... I mean... What I, version of Living with the Land would you It have would have been an incredible version of Living with the Land. That's what, again, I mean, the, the concept art for all of this was just absolutely phenomenal and like incredibly detailed and again how close would the concept art have been to the plans like once they started building it would they have kind of cut back on stuff but but yeah i mean the idea was to build improved versions of this so yeah i think something like living with the land would have been great like one of them horizons which is something uh, we never had the chance to ride but it's basically looking up it's basically considered the sequel to the carousel progress. So it highlighted like the technology and achievements in the 21st century. That was going to be kind of like a centerpiece in this. Cause again, so wait, it was going to be a park more about like technological advancements. So you so, said we never had a chance to ride. So it was in Disney world horizons was an Epcot. Yeah. Okay. So, so basically again, they were going to include something like horizons, but have an improved version of it. Okay. And then they're going to have world showcase as well. But it was going to be grouped by regions instead of like individual nations. So the idea was that it would represent the four corners of the globe. So are we talking like basically we're talking about the um, the hemispheres, like the northwestern hemisphere, the northeastern hemisphere? Uh, kind of. So you had Asia, Europe, Africa, and the Americas was was kind of the idea. So uh, yes, somewhat. Roughly. Yeah, somewhat. Um, so Asia would have so China and Japan. Forget, forget Australia and and uh, yeah, Australia's I think. Yeah, Australia was getting cut wasn't off of this it. one and Antarctica. Yeah, well, yeah. Well, wait, there's seven. I feel like we're missing. We're missing somebody else, right? There's three listed. Uh, the Americas is, is yeah. The Americas is everything. Yeah, two, yeah. So. They have the Americas everything. But the Americas was basically North America, um, and then you had Africa, which was going to have an Egyptian palace in it. That was going to be part of phase two. 
Europe was going to be. What is this? The MCU. Well, no, like just different phases. Like it wasn't going to be an opening day attraction I, I know to what it. You mean, they were going to build something. Isn't after. that how the MCU talks too? Phase two. They do, yeah, they talk. Yeah, they definitely they talk in phases. Um, everything's kind of phases there. Um, Europe was going to be primarily London, Paris, and Italy, and there is some concept art of like the Eiffel Tower uh, on there, and even like it looks like St. Petersburg, like the Red Square uh, in Russia, and then. Um, like I said, that Asia was China and Japan. And then some of the attractions that they considered putting in here. So in Asia, they had had a roller coaster. It was going to be called Ride the Dragon. And it was Dragon's Teeth Mountain Roller Coaster. And the cars were going to be designed like the Chinese lion dragons from the festivals mm. and you're going to be riding that. And the idea was that'd be cool. Yeah. You were, there was going to be this giant mountain that was going to have like a dragon carved into it yeah. um, as kind of part of it. And again, that's something that if you go to Disney California adventure now, grizzly uh, river run is I think what it's called. There's a giant grizzly bear yeah. <laughs> carved into that mountain there. So it's going to be kind of a similar idea, but with a dragon there kind of makes me think of slinky dog dash because i feel like slinky dog is one of the few roller coasters where the cars are so highly themed because they all look like slinky dog but um i was just thinking how cool it is to see slinky going along the um like the tracks and how oh, cool this it would be awesome. to yeah. see like the chinese lion dragons like this sounded like across the like on the tracks yeah this sounded like that was a little bit more high intensity yeah like it was gonna be an actual like roller coaster roller coaster because, again, this was at a time when... That was Mike Eisner's MO, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was, yeah. let's let's make this thrilling. He had teenage kids, and they're like, it's boring. I don't want to go here. Yeah. Universal Studios he had just opened. He was trying to change the image. Yeah, Universal Studios had just opened, and they had a lot of like high thrill rides and attractions, and people really liked that. So they were trying to go that route. So, yeah, it was going to be a little bit more of an intense of a roller so this coaster. this would have in the timeline been shortly before alien encounter which is historically one of the most yes. horrifying yes. Rides. yeah it was it was before alien encounter 100 percent. another thing that they were going to put in the africa region besides that egyptian palace is the congo Bizi river rapids and if you notice part of that name sounds really familiar and if you've been to animal kingdom there is the cali river 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 rapids so I'm assuming it's very similar ride. They just have taken that idea and moved it over to Animal Kingdom and then rethemed it. Yeah. So that was, yeah, the kind of River Rapids ride. They moved that over there. And then in the Americas, they had this idea. So the whole park, kind of like Epcot, there's a lagoon, there's water. But the waterways kind of connected all of the countries a little bit more. It wasn't necessarily just like separated by a lagoon. So there was going to be this world cruise and it was intended to be a boat cruise that went through World Showcase. And there were going to be audio animatronic scenes throughout in each country. So they were going to have Leonardo da Vinci working on the Mona Lisa. They were going to have the burning of Rome. They were going to have Michelangelo painting the Sistine Chapel, which a lot of it sounds like scenes from Spaceship Earth. Yeah. But it was kind of the it was kind of that idea. So it was going to be this extended boat ride that as you're going through the different countries, you were kind of going through different historical events in time and kind of witnessing those, which I think is an interesting concept to tie 
all the different countries in with kind of like the central hub of the park. Like, right, yeah. it would be cool. Like, if you could go around World Showcase Lagoon and see different pieces of those countries in there, that's kind of the idea with it. Well, another thing is, I mean, it would be really interesting because I feel like, you know, our history classes are dominated so much by a very, like, a very narrow view of what's going on in the world at a certain time like I feel like you know we generally know what's going on sort of in Rome a lot of the time um but it would be cool to see what's going on in Africa at the same amount like same period of time and what's going on over in Asia like I think it would give us like an opportunity to have like a wider view of you know kind of the world and what's going on um through various points in history yeah it would have been a a really awesome attraction and again in in the way Epcot is edutainment, mm. this very much copied that. I mean, that's why they called it Westcott. It was kind of the same idea. It was let's let's take historical things, let's take you know education, let's make it entertaining. You're gonna come, you're gonna have fun, and you're gonna learn something. You know, at the same time, yeah. and and this would have been a great thing like that. It is. It's like Spaceship Earth. I mean, as I was kind of reading about it and the scenes in it, it's like Spaceship Earth, but like you're on a boat you know, in, instead. Some of the issues, so, you know, we talked about just the size of the space station Earth and people did not like that. They didn't like how big that was going to be, how bright it was going to be. So that was a thing. The other problems were local businesses didn't want Disney to expand. This was going to go basically where DCA is now. So it, it that was kind of the plot. And then ultimately they did do an expansion and they built Disney California adventure there. But whenever they first were doing this, that was a parking lot, the local businesses. And if you've ever been to Disneyland, you know how close the city of Anaheim is to it. In the middle of the city. Yeah. And and so if you're not familiar with Disneyland, it's nothing like Walt Disney world. I mean, you are, you are walking, there are CVSs, there are hotels, there are restaurants, and then boom, there's Disneyland. It is all, you know, right up next to each other. And so the local businesses didn't want Disney to kind of encroach any closer to them because there's a parking lot there. So they fought that. And also just the sheer cost of this, it was estimated at $3 billion, which is about $6.8 billion today. So very expensive. I think Shanghai Disney cost $5 billion, um, just for kind of comparison. And then, like I said, this was announced in 1991. Disneyland Paris or Euro Disney, as it was called, opened in 1992. There's a very well-documented history of that costing more money than they thought, not making the projections it was going to make. And that impacted Disney for a lot of the 90s where they were spending too much money in Paris. And so projects got cut. And this was one of the projects um, that got cut. It was ultimately canceled in 1995. So four years after it was announced, it was ultimately canceled. But it did leave a lasting legacy. So we did get DCA. So I mean, the idea of an expansion did eventually come to fruition um, with Disney California Adventure. We talked about the Hotel Mary Costa. I mean, even at DCA, the Grand Californian is basically a hotel that sits in and has an entrance to the park. You know, those are, you know, kind of two big lasting legacies from and, this idea. And just like a clarification, the Hotel Mary Costa is in Japan. Disney Sea, Tokyo yeah. Disney Sea. Yeah, exactly. So, and that's a really cool hotel because it overlooks like the lagoon, which is like the main area in Tokyo Disney Sea. There's a lot of shows that are going on there. So, that hotel itself is it's very different. It's a different kind of feel from any other hotel that Disney 
owns because it is it is literally inside the park. You could go out on your balcony and you could watch shows from your balcony. Well, that's a great. I mean, if if you ever go to Tokyo Disney and you can afford it because it is very expensive. expensive. All the hotels there are, are pretty expensive. But if you can afford it, if you're like, hey, this is a once in a lifetime trip that I'm going on, I'm mm. you know I'm going to spend a little bit more money. Stay at the Hotel Mary Costa because you're right. Like you are in the park. I mean, if you can get a room that looks into the park even better, but I think there's some like common areas that you can go to, even if you don't have a room that has a balcony into the park. But yes, you you basically are, are looking into it. You can see any nighttime show they do there. When mm-hmm. we went, they had like a pirate show. I was saying, and their see. shows are spectacular. Yeah, I mean it's. It's a beautiful view. You have a great view of the um, volcano from Journey to the Center of the Earth. Like, it would be the perfect place to stay. Like, if we ever go back to Tokyo, I would love to stay there. I mean, I don't even know that you'd need to stay for multiple nights, but because we were able to find a hotel in Tokyo that was really reasonable, and then like we just took the um, took the train train in, it was like a half an hour, 40 minutes to go in. So it wasn't too ridiculous, but again, like just staying there for even a night or a day and maybe even not even go to the park. I mean, you could go and just check out everything going on in the center central hub. Um, And like over in Tokyo, Disneyland, like people, it's just, it's, there are some people there that are so next level and their commitment and dedication to Disney and like the, the keychains covering people's bags and um, people like dressing and matching people that they're with. Like it is, it is something to behold. It's, like, it's real. It's like a really yeah. amazing environment. And Disney sees just incredible mm-hmm. in general. So um, you mentioned Cali river rapids, the river ride, the, the ride, the dragon um, ride roller coaster was also kind of, seen as a little bit of a predecessor to expedition everest um so kind of that idea of like a high thrill roller coaster through a mountain you know kind of something like that kind of became everest as well so you know some final thoughts on this i think i mentioned it earlier i mean this was the biggest park that they canceled you know some of the other stuff that they canceled was obviously much smaller so this was like the biggest scale and you know i think if something like this happened today it would be like huge news. And and I don't know, maybe it was in the 90s, but I feel like Disney wasn't as big in the 90s. Disney theme parks weren't as big. You didn't have Universal. Well, this was 91. Well. 91, 95 when it got canceled. Yeah, 95 when it got canceled. So you got to figure, um, I feel very much like that was when the you know the 91 disney was like a little snowball and it was at, and it was all through the 90s that it really just collected more and more snow in order to become like this giant snowball so many power movies came out in the 90s so i mean mid 90s when it was canceled you'd already had the lion king um so they were doing well um i'm trying to think did aladdin come out before I can't remember in the timeline if it came out before The Lion King or after. It did, yeah. I think uh, Beauty lot, and the Beast definitely yeah, did. Yeah, Beauty and the Beast was 92. So, yeah. I mean, you've had you had several hits in a row. So, um Yeah, but I mean, I mean, I think even just Disney theme parks though. Like like the theme park industry wasn't what it was today cuz again, yeah. you didn't have Universal as kind of a competitor. Like I feel like if Disney or Universal announced we're building a park if they, and then if, they canceled if Universal it. canceled Epic Universe. Right, exactly. Like if they announced we're building Epic Universe and then all of a sudden they canceled it, like it would be huge news. And I think if Disney did this, people would be like, what's wrong with Disney? Are they are they going under? Like there's yeah. major problems. Like this would have been a huge thing. I mean, it was a $3 billion park that they were announcing that all of a sudden they just canceled. I mean, they didn't even 
break ground on it. I am kind of glad they didn't build this though at the end of the day just because it was so much like Epcot. I mean, it was basically an exact copy. They were going to take all of the attractions in Epcot. Now, obviously, they were going to improve on them, but they're going to put them in there. But if you look at Epcot today, none of those attractions are there. I mean, Horizons is gone. Um, the Universe of Energy is gone. The Wonders of Life Pavilion is gone. Now, you have World of Motion is test track, but the original World of Motion is not there. You still do have the land, uh, the sea pavilion. You still have journey to imagination, but that's kind of changed. That's not even really the original ride anymore. So a big chunk of what they put in there isn't even around anymore. So it's like how popular would it have been to kind of copy those in the night? So I'm kind of glad they didn't do it because I feel like it was just too similar. And then it was attractions that ultimately didn't withstand necessarily the test of time. Yeah, I agree with you. And I think that, you know, there's a certain amount of certainty and a certain amount of like replicating something that is comforting like it is nice to go to a Disney park in another country and then it being largely the same but there's a few rides the same not everything yeah Yeah. well that's what I'm saying largely so um you know you you have a Pirates of the Caribbean you're like well is this a carbon copy are there extra parts like how is this different it's kind of fun to play those little games but I'm definitely a person that values you know difference um and sometimes that could be to my detriment um because i could have something in front of me and say oh my gosh i really like this thing but i have to try something else because i just i hate getting in a rut like that so i'm really like kind of with you in this i'm glad they didn't build it because i know what those things are i can go to florida to get that but now especially now that we have dca like we don't have cars land wouldn't exist if this was built probably or it would have been a massive you know reading yeah, i think what you got ultimately with cars land with avengers campus with mm-hmm. even with pixar pier and kind of what they did there paradise pier now pixar pier i think is ultimately a lot better mm-hmm. than again just okay we're gonna have epcot and magic Kingdom, uh, you know like you're gonna have disneyland which is basically magic kingdom and you have a copy of epcot it's like why why go out there if you can get all that in walt disney world like i don't think you would have as many people kind of want to travel to both parks whereas now dca is different disneyland's nostalgic there's a reason to go there and if you go to disneyland a lot there's a reason to go to walt disney world because you know okay maybe magic kingdom is very similar to Disneyland, but you have Epcot, you have Animal Kingdom, you have Hollywood Studios. Like there's a reason to visit both coasts now because they're yeah. not that similar as I think they would have been if they would have built Westcott out there. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, that wraps up the show this week. I want to thank everybody again for listening. If you've not done so, please leave us a rating or a review. Subscribe wherever you get your podcast. It really helps and we really appreciate it. Thanks for lending us your ears. Have a great week, everybody. And we'll see you here next Monday. Bye-bye.